Hey everyone, welcome to the Cyber Life Podcast. My name is Ken Underhill, your host. In today's episode, I'm with the quote-unquote legendary uh, Chris Kubeka. Uh, she doesn't think she is, but everyone else does, so that's all that matters. So Chris, uh, welcome. You do pen testing, you do a lot of other things, a lot of advisement, that sort of stuff. So do you mind just kind of giving the brief intro to yourself and really around that, just more so of how'd you get into InfoSec, like what got you interested in it? And then also like what got you interested in the, the pen testing side of things or for those that, are, that might be listening that don't know what that is, the hacking side of things. Okay. So my name is Chris Kubeka and I am in the realm of IT, IoT and ICS and SCADA system, uh, digital security. Uh, I, I get bored easily, so I have to uh, keep very busy with different technologies. And I uh, do a bit more on the offensive security side, uh, but also defense because I've led several defensive teams, uh, as well as uh, threat intelligence. And I do a lot of things uh, regarding incident management when it comes to what I would say uh, the higher end real nation state cyber warfare attacks. And I also do advisement and strategy advisement for several governments, parliaments, uh, uh, sometimes both public and private and governmental uh, intelligence organizations as well. And I deal a lot with uh, critical infrastructure because I look at the, the risk uh, overall to what happens if key areas of our manufacturing is affected by a nation state and what happens to our modern way of life uh, or our uh, democratic process uh, when it comes to uh, different types of manipulation. So uh, that, that's what I do a lot. Uh, so yes, I like to have fun with technology. Technology <laughs> that can kill people. Yay! Nice, nice. Blending, blending the best of both worlds, right? Right, right. <laughs> you gotta have fun with it. Absolutely. So, so with, obviously we're filming this when COVID-19 is going on um, and, and anyone listening to this in the future will know what that is. Uh, and so <laughs> with that, uh, and especially around the critical infrastructure, with what you can tell us, right? Cause you know, of course, if you tell us you have to kill us type of thing, but uh, with what you can tell us, are there any things that we kind of as a public should be mindful of? Should we try to, are there, are there I guess the question really is, are there actions that we can take as the general public that can kind of help us not like mess up the critical infrastructure with some of the things that we do on a daily basis? Like, is there anything that we can do to kind of help out with that while we're all going through this thing? Well, some of the things you can consider are, well, is the fact that uh, nowadays uh, bring your own device BYOD is now an employee's home because many of us have to work remotely. And I am doubtful that even when this uh, pandemic is over, that we're all going to go, yay, let's start commuting for hours a day again to go into the office. So uh, more and more people in different types of roles, uh, whether you're uh, a regular employee or someone who handles some sort of critical infrastructure, uh, there will be a lot more remote working involved with that. And that also means that there are two things, employers, have to take that into account and understand that an employee uh, home network uh, and physical location is not going to be the same as in the office. So it's also pushed that physical security boundary as well. The perimeter is now your house. And um, also for employees to understand um, what is connected to the network at home, that you're also connecting your work computer 
uh, should most likely uh, have some segmentation because for people who have families, uh, you're not going to demand that your kids uh, only uh, go to special websites where you're doing work at home. So segmenting that is going to be very important. Uh, another thing is going to be uh, looking at updating your ISP modem and router. Now, sometimes an ISP, internet service provider, will do this. Sometimes they leave it up to you and most people forget or the ISP forgets. And what happens, especially right now with COVID, is there are some uh, new variants and new types of IoT uh, botnets that are actually being aimed at these home uh, router modems to take advantage of them. And it's just going to increase because, hey, there's gonna be money involved and there is already money involved in doing this type of thing. So I, I see that, that shift where, um, you're not going to be able to separate your, your family and home life as much as you did before. Uh, employers need to understand that. Employees need to understand that. But you also can't expect an employee to be a security expert overnight. Uh, there has to be some simple steps that they can take. One of the simplest uh, right now is, uh, even if you don't know much about uh, security, uh, because of the activity of some of these bot networks right now, to uh, actually shut off your router and turn it back on after a couple of minutes because it can kill the connection and then it has to try to find you again. Um, so those are rather simplistic ones and also uh, put some sort of antivirus on your kids' computers if uh, your stuff isn't segmented. So little things like that and, and try to put a fairly decent password on your Wi-Fi connection because um, I, I, unfortunately, although I'm usually connected via a, a Ethernet cable, um, some some of my friends were having a meeting uh, the other day. They're like, "Man, I don't know how to connect. I only use Wi-Fi." It's like, "Oh, I felt so old-fashioned," but uh, <laughs> most people don't have this anymore. So these are things to consider. Gotcha. Absolutely. Yeah, and I know I know many people that only use Wi-Fi. Um, I'm cabled in right now, so I. I try to feel like I'm safe. Uh, I also don't. I also don't use like admin for my password on my home. That, that's, that's usually good. Yeah, you know, minor things like that. So a yeah. lot of the fundamental stuff. But yeah, like you mentioned, the average employee has no clue how to do any of that stuff. So you just have to nope. try to work them through it and, and deal with. Uh, I actually had someone. I did a webinar recently, and this isn't really around security, but they didn't know what TikTok was. Uh, and so I was, I was like, yeah, there's still that kind of audience out there that doesn't really know these, these latest and, and greatest things. So very interesting to see that. So Chris, one of the questions I get just about daily, probably at least, honestly, it's, it's daily and it's probably at least seven to eight times a day from random people around the world. It's, I want to be a hacker. What do I need to learn? So can you kind of speak on that from some of the general things they should learn if they're trying to become a pen tester and then maybe a couple of the specialized tools or something that you recommend that they should kind of focus on to, to really position themselves to, to maybe get that first junior pen testing job? Absolutely. So um, a hacker is a person who uh, does two primary functions, looks for loopholes and solves puzzles. And uh, to be able to get into the role, there are obviously different disciplines within, say, hacking. There's, you know, the white hat, the black hat, the I don't know, whatever other color hat. Um, we, we see design colors to these things. And uh, a uh, big 
uh, part of it is understanding the mindset of um, an attacker. Uh, even if you're just on the defense side, you need to understand how uh, the basics of certain types of exploits work. And that also uh, doesn't necessarily mean uh, in a piece of software, but such as the process of how somebody would get a password reset. Uh, is very important because then that can grant uh, access when it should not have been granted. That's just another form of elevated privilege. And also where um, business units can be taken advantage of if you're in a larger organization, uh, whether that is financial or intellectual property and seeing where the uh, process or the loophole can allow for this. Uh, there are. Uh, nowadays a lot of different uh more specialized fields within say hacking in general there is uh looking at uh, web applications operating systems uh network hacking uh different types of intelligence uh hacking so whether that is understanding how to set up what are called sock uh puppets or personas to look at human intelligence gathering or other different types of intelligence gathering, like I do a lot of uh, systems, uh, OSINT related information. Um, you've got the dark side, because I'm wearing a hoodie, right? So it's gotta be the dark side. Okay. Uh, so um, the more exploitative, right? Uh, where you might also look at being able to not only exploit something, but eventually to be able to uh, create your own proof of concept exploit code and test in, in your labs, which by the way, I highly recommend having your own lab of some sort because you don't want to just do it on any system. That's called handcuffs. Nobody really likes it. Well, some people like handcuffs. <laughs> yeah, we, I don't really like we, yeah, we, we won't yeah. get into, into, into that <laughs> on this one. <laughs> uh, but also, even if um, you want to look at physical hacking, uh, a lot of people love lock picking. And I, I actually find it quite relaxing, even though I'm not greatest, you know, lock picker. I do enjoy that that aspect because that's just another way that people uh, can get in. There's uh, social engineering hacking, which uh, a lot of us have a, a natural uh, innate uh, knowledge and skill set of that anyway. It's just turning it into something a bit different. Um, so. Uh, I recommend highly for people who want to say get into the industry of that umbrella term of hacking to take a, a look at some of the different uh, areas and disciplines and find uh, ones that most interest them because then they're going to be passionate about it. Then they're going to really learn about it because it's going to be fun for them. They're going to get what I call the happy hacker poem face uh, when they succeed in doing it. Uh, so. You know, a lot of this is, it's, it's not just curiosity and puzzle solving and so forth, but people who are good um, are very passionate. And you don't have to have, say, a mathematics degree to do this. Um, you can come from a variety of different backgrounds. Uh, so it, 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 it's really driven by that passion uh, that people get when they know that they can do things, to find these loopholes, solve these puzzles and get that 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 happy hacker glow so yes nice i i like that happy hacker glow <laughs> we should try to make that like some kind of a thing and sell it yes <laughs> drink the, drink this energy drink it'll give you the happy hacker glow <gasps> so. 
<laughs> so yeah, many of the hackers I know uh, drink Red Bull. So that's uh, yeah. that's kind of one of those signature drinks. So one one question I think to kind of piggyback off off that previous one is, I let's say I'm somebody out there. I'm trying to get that first job, right? That first pen testing job. Do you recommend that I do like bug bounties? That I write my own exploits and film videos on how to do that stuff? Like, what are there any tips on that? Because aside from me just like applying to jobs or reaching out to like Chris or Ken on on LinkedIn and asking us to find them a job, um, what's like a real way I can go try to position myself better to get a job as a pen tester the first time out? Well, um, one of the things that you can do is uh, find a mentor or mentors because I, I even have several mentors and they can help you along with some of the things you can't for instance read, readily avail uh, readily find on the internet uh, they can also uh, help with their experiences um, and also a lot of positions I've found are not necessarily advertised and when you uh, have mentors, you build that network where suddenly you're like, hey, you know, this is some of the stuff I'm into. And they're like, hey, you know, we were thinking about having a job role for that. Why, why, don't, why don't you talk to us even more? Uh, now, when it comes to making videos and blog posts and so forth, when you can teach people about what you're doing and they can understand it, that is when you know that you actually have grasped that topic. And it's just part of a, a learning experience of learning, thinking, doing, writing, uh, and answering questions, uh, understanding it even more. And I highly recommend that type of route uh, because then you, you, you have to know the subject and you end up knowing it very, very well. Nice. That's good advice. Uh, any other advice you have for for anyone at, at kind of any level right the newbies that are coming in the noobs um, as well as the maybe the defensive people that are experienced that say you know what it's time for a career change I want to want to try my hand at the offensive side any other advice that you can offer those people yeah um, set up your own lab and there are there are many different ways to do this you can do it with uh, virtual machines uh, you can uh, use uh, various low-cost, no-cost uh, software and virtualization to do that, so you don't necessarily have to, you know, open a cloud account or something like that. Um, practice by doing. Uh, reach out to people if you run into problems. Uh, don't let something that could be just a minor configuration change stop you. And I've seen that before. If people are just just doing things by themselves. They're like, oh man, I can't get this. All right, I'm moving on to something else. And you're frustrated. Uh, there are always people to ask um, about different things and uh, get, get over that roadblock because you're going to be richly rewarded. And it's okay to also break things uh, because that's also another way that you learn. Uh, so if you break your, your pen testing image and you have to rebuild it, it might be a pain in the butt but you end up uh, really understanding how certain things are set up. So don't be afraid to break things. As, and when you break into systems, just break into your own systems. Yes. Come yes. on, where's the, where's the fun? Why, why can't we go for the Pentagon, right? Like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've heard of US jails. They don't sound good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah, it's, it's not like the movies. They don't bring you a cup of tea or anything. So no, I, they bring you something else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to ask because actually most of the pen testers I know actually, um, as they were children, they were kind of breaking into things, whether or not it was their own systems, et cetera. So were you one of those children where you broke, broke into your own computer and hacked hack things or maybe somebody else's? And you don't have to disclose if it was someone else's. <laughs> we don't want well, you to... To, to, you know, <laughs> no, I, I, I was uh, busted for hacking into Department of Justice systems when I was 10. Oh, perfect. Um, what what and, better? You know, uh, that, you know it, things happened, you know. Uh, I think they were more surprised. Well, I don't know who was more surprised when, when they showed up and, and caught me red-handed, but I, I definitely do not think that they were expecting a 10-year-old girl. Uh, I think I might have even been wearing pigtails or a braid or something. So <laughs> that was uh, a bit unexpected. And, um, so, uh, yeah, I had to wait until I was uh, 18 years old to be allowed to use a computer system again. So I was gotcha. restricted. And uh, that's okay because I still read about it. I couldn't touch anything. Um, kind of sucked. Uh, and because... I know this might sound bad, but uh, like uh, most kids and teenagers, if there's something that you're not allowed to do, you really want to do it, right? <laughs> right. So um, uh, the, the day after I turned 18, uh, I bought myself a computer. Obviously, in eight years, things have changed quite, quite drastically. Mm-hmm. And um, so I got up to speed. Uh, the U.S. military uh, heavily recruited me. Uh, they knew about my background. They gave me a moral waiver uh, in order to uh, join the <laughs> background. Great. Nice. Uh, <laughs> um, and I, I was able to develop and hone my skills in a much more disciplined manner uh, because of it. So in a way, it was probably a good thing, although I, I still hated the fact that I wasn't even allowed to use a... Um, uh, like a, a Nintendo. Oh, I, I can only man. watch kids use a freaking Nintendo. Like like my 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 horrible cousin who used to laugh at me for it. But that's okay. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe want to do better. <laughs> so so they wouldn't even let you use Atari. I know I'm dating myself no. by mentioning that. Uh, no. Yeah. No. Kind of makes sense. Like. Yeah, yeah, you know. Cool. Uh, so listen, Chris, I, I definitely appreciate you coming on. I know you're extremely busy. Um, and, uh, and I don't think I mentioned it, but you're joining us from Amsterdam right now. Uh, what, time, what time is it there? Is it nighttime there? Or? Uh, no, I'm getting there. It's uh, 4.24 p.m. right now. Okay. It's not bad. Not okay. too bad. Yeah. I was gl- I was, I'm just glad I didn't get you like 2 a.m. or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, I did that. Yesterday morning, a 3 a.m. to 5.30 a.m. thing, and I'm, I'm still tired. Yeah, that was up <laughs> all night. Nice, nice. That, that's the hacker life, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who needs sleep? Yeah, absolutely. Who needs yeah. sleep? That's why we have Red Bull. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to give us a happy hacker glow. Right? <laughs> well, cool. Right? I, I definitely appreciate you coming on, Chris. You gave, you gave a lot of good advice for people out there. Hopefully, they'll actually take action on that and... Uh, and maybe stop messaging so much via social asking, asking us all the same question. 
So use the advice Chris gave you, actually take action on it, uh, and you'll be in a good place. So thanks again, Chris. I, Appreciate always you. wear a hoodie. Yes, it's, that's a requirement. You have to have the hoodie. Uh, you <laughs> notice uh, Chris and I are taking a break today and not wearing gloves, but gloves really, really help when you're hacking. Like, there's no better way to feel the keys on the keyboard than with gloves on. So the, I feel so the, naked. <laughs> 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 All right. Thanks, Chris. All right. Cheers. Thank you so much.